This episode of Inside Acting is brought to you in part by Samovar Tea. To find out more, please visit samovarlife.com. And by listeners like you. To find out more about the podcast and make a donation, please visit insideactingpodcast.com. Hello and welcome to episode 46 of Inside Acting. I'm AJ Meyer. And I'm Trevor Alga. And on this podcast, we do interviews with peoples, peoples from the industry. And then we put them in a podcast and throw it up on iTunes <laughs> and a website. And you go and download it and listen and enjoy and send us <laughs> feedback. And uh, Yes, indeed. And we are just two dudes with a podcast. So if you guys hear something on this a podcast that you want to comment on, disagree with, uh, vigorously agree with, whatever it is, just, <laughs> you can get in touch with us uh, by by uh, checking out our website, InsideActingPodcast.com. You can call us, email us, comment, tweet us, all these different things. But uh, start there. Yes, and we have a fantastic interview on today's episode with Miata. What is her last name? Miata Idoga. Idoga. I'm, I knew I was going to mess it up. Yeah. Miata Idoga. She, she runs a company called uh, Abundance Bound, and they offer financial education for artists of all kinds, actors, musicians, painters, writers, whatever. And it, any longtime listeners of Inside Acting will know, all the way back in episode two, we, episode interviewed, dose. we interviewed Brian Belomo, who is kind of Miata's like, right-hand guy. He, he, he kind of... Uh, He's kind of her, her partner in crime, so to speak, uh, with Abundance Bound. So um, Brian has wonderful perspective on, on this, and I wanted to sit down with Miata because um, she can only add to the, the knowledge that uh, that we're accruing here on the podcast. Well, and also, you know, it's tax season. People are thinking about their finances, so it's yeah. always good to have people like this on yeah. during that time. Uh, we're hoping to have some other podcasts in the next month or so themed that way before, you know, everybody's taxes are ultimately due. Very happy to have her and uh, enjoy that uh, that interview. What's new with you, man? I mean, what's been going on the past uh, couple of days here? Um, let's see. I saw the final cut of one of the short films that I did last fall. I saw it with you. And you were here, actually. Um, that was really cool. So, Alex Ulrich, who wrote and directed the short film called Constantine, Mm -hmm. um, with a K, not with a C. It's not, not to be confused with the (laughs) Keanu Reeves film, uh, brought the, uh, brought the DVDs over and it just so happened to be on a night when we were recording, we were recording episode 45. Yeah. That's yeah. right. That's right. So that, that same just, night that we recorded, right. yeah. I got to see the final cut of that film, which was a very strange experience. Um, I I don't know how I feel yet about it. I'm not talking about the sh- the movie. I think the I think the film is fantastic, but I don't know how I feel about watching my performance. Yeah. I don't have a problem with yeah. my performance. It's watching my performance. It's a very <laughs> very like interesting. Um, experience, you know, like sitting there watching yourself on film. Yeah, and I like I had an accent, and I had made some really specific character choices. So this this person that I was portraying was not me at all. Mm. But because I've watched, because I've been a part of the process, <clears throat> you know, it, with a short film, it's it's well, actually, that's not true. I was going to say you're involved every step of the way. The other short film that I did in in the fall, I have not been involved with every step of the way. So. Yeah, that when that comes out, that's going to be a completely different experience. I'm going to see it for the first time. What's the status with that one? It's done. It's done. They're just like they they started submitting it to festivals. They're supposed to have some kind of premiere party. Have you seen it? I just haven't seen it yet. Oh wow! No, I sent an email to the uh, writer slash producer and asked him for a copy and uh, haven't heard back. But that was only uh, you know a few days ago. So that they both they both shot a week away and they were both basically completed about a week apart from one another. So that was that was kind of interesting. But I've been involved with the process of Constantine almost the whole way. So it was kind of like when it seeing the completed film was like, oh, I like kind of like I've seen this before. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to remove myself a little bit. But it's just a very surreal experience. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. I feel like I'm rambling because I, I honestly don't have anything to kind of say yeah. a, a, about it yet. Yeah. Um, I'm, all, I'm proud of it. I'm, I'm, I'm excited yeah. to just to see what I can take out of it for my reel. 
Um, that's, I mean, that, that's you know one of the main reasons that I did both of those films. But I, I needed good real footage. Yeah. So I'm excited, got some, excited some great stuff in there for your reel. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Good. I mean that that makes. I mean, especially from somebody who I have, I've I've watched your reel change and grow over time and i've been so impressed with not only the quality of the reel itself but the quality of the individual projects within it so that makes me feel oh, cool. really good to, to hear you say that honestly cool cool well, thanks so what's been going on with you in the last 72 <laughs> yeah, hours right. uh not you know not a whole lot we went to the tweet up last night Our, oh that's we, right we should talk about the tweet up. finally had a, an inside acting presence both of us at the actors you, you've been to a couple of both of us and, and our too. and our producer actually <clears throat> Yeah, that was very cool to to meet a lot of people, and you know, we we brought our business cards, and I I wanted to kind of just meet people, and and kind of when they said you know we exchanged information, I wanted to have that business card to be like, oh, you know, I do this podcast, you might you might be interested to check it out, and it was really cool because about half the people that I gave the cards to were like, oh, Inside Acting, I listened to this. Wait, which one are you? You know, <laughs> it was really <laughs> which cool. one are you? I'm the good looking one. Yes, thank you. <laughs> it was really it was really really cool to. To have that experience, and some people had some really nice things to say. It was, yeah, it was a very appreciation felt very good. So um, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was great. I kind of want to give a, a shout out to some of the people that we. Ta- I mean, I don't know how you feel about this, but like, I got to finally meet uh, Pamela Vanderway in person. Dialect four one one. I missed her, <clears throat> which was just awesome. We had an awesome conversation. I got to meet uh, David Haverty in person. Mm-hmm. I got to, uh, I mean, Ben Whitehair. Obviously, he's like he kind of runs the the LA act. Yeah. He's part of that crew. Yeah. That that runs together. Lauren Webb also run. And I saw her, but I didn't get the chance to say hi. And, uh, and Judelina, right. Mm -hmm. So they kind of, yeah, they kind of run the show, but yeah, yeah, it was just, I don't know. It was cool to see everybody. Let me ask you this. I felt the whole time that I was there, I felt like I spent the majority of that 75% of my time there talking to people I already knew. I, I always felt like I was an extrovert. I was like, man, am I just being like, shy why am i not going out and like making new connections with people and stuff did you, how did you f- fare with talking to people you knew versus talking i did, to I did all right because you know we knew a, f- a few people there and um jen who's a long time listener to the podcast kind of introduced me to a couple people and it was really i i didn't have any trouble kind of meeting new people it was really cool and and getting to know people who i had had contact with before but didn't really know that well i got to chat with them some more and kind of get to know them a little better yeah yeah it was a lot of fun so they have these every six weeks I think the website is laactorstweetup.com. I think so. Right? We'll, we'll put it on our website. We'll put it on the website, and also they have twitter.com slash laactorstweetup. You can check that out. And they've so they do these every six weeks, and we're going to try and, and make them as often as possible. So yeah. if you're in the LA area and you want to hang out with us, come to one of the tweetups. Yeah. So we have a uh, we have a voicemail that we wanted to respond to, uh, but before we do that, we wanted to quickly follow up with uh, an, an email that we got that we talked about last week, which was from a listener named Kate, who wrote in and said that she was um, dropping off headshots and resumes and her reel at these six or seven agencies that she had kind of targeted that she wanted representation from. So we responded to that last week, and she wrote in this week, and she said it was awesome how it went. She, she kind of expected, she said, to go in there and be met with resistance and cold shoulders. And I, I don't know, maybe she thought they would just like throw it in the trash and burn it right in front of her. We all kind of have this fear, but she said it was great. They were really warm and receptive and thankful and, uh, excited to, to see somebody who was kind of being proactive and, uh, making it happen. So we wanted to kind of share that she shared with us what an uh, surprisingly good experience it was. Yeah. Yeah. And she said, you know, now I'm just waiting for the, for, to see if I get any phone calls, but I would follow up with them. Yeah. 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 Just be a little bit, you know, proactive and say, you know, I haven't heard anything, just making sure that like, you know, it's not because you guys making sure it's because you guys are busy, not because, you know, you're not interested. So that way you can, you know, move on if that's the case. But it's, it's just a great reminder that nobody's against you, you know, yeah. unless there's somebody who's like a total asshole. Like we talked about in the audition <laughs> horror stories episode. Yeah. Everyone's on your side because they want to make money off of you. <laughs> yes. You know, at the exactly. end of the day, exactly. which is actually a good segue to a question that just came in on Facebook. Yeah. On our, on our Facebook group. I, 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 I want to, I mean, we might as well just segue right into it because it's, it's from Sierra rain. Who's cool. a longtime listener of the podcast. And she said, uh, an interesting talking point 
for you guys might be the odd line that actors have to walk between being confident about describing their abilities and their strengths to to others like agents and managers and casting directors and directors without seeming like they're egomaniacs. Right off the bat, my initial gut response is to go back to, you know, what Neil McDonough said, that it's all about confidence. You know, if you're if you're selling something, and we all are, but if you do it in a confident way, I, there's a psychological principle that I'm kind of that I'm going to kind of butcher here that I'm dancing around because I don't know the right terminology, but it has to do with uh, r- the strength of different people's realities, and I th- hope people will know what I'm talking about when I say this. We all have had the experience of meeting somebody or hanging out with somebody where we are a different person with them and either that person calls the shots most of the time or maybe you call the shots. I mean, whatever it is, there are two realities that these two people carry around and one person's reality usually tends to kind of crowd out the other person's. Hmm. One person's becomes the dominant reality and the other person's becomes a kind of submissive reality for that time that they're together. Oh, interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think we we all have probably had experiences like that where you're around people that's just like they kind of just kind of take over their energy just kind of is dominant but not in a not in a mean or abusive or or like whoosh way you know it's like it's a way that's like it just, it's, it's just it's just stronger like, it's kind of like the i mean <clears throat> forgive me for for mentioning a, a what is now a reality television show but it's kind of like the x factor Right, it's like that thing where, like, somebody that thing that people have, yeah. where like superstars, they just have this thing that you can't, you have no idea how to describe. You know, I, I worked. Trevor and I, I both had this job where a lot of, you know, celebrities would come into this place of business, and I don't know what it is, but like you can, you can immediately like the energy in the room changes. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not because they're a celebrity; it's because they have you know, this, this thing that made them a celebrity. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like they just exude this, whatever it is, confidence or that's what I'm saying. Like the X factor that sort of contributes to the, to the dominant versus submissive, like, you know, and like you said, it's not in a mean way. Yeah. Not in a mean way. Like I I remember I was in the, this place of business and, um, I saw a guy kind of, I don't know, maybe 25 feet away from me. And he was obscured by a shelf that, that had been in between us. And I just saw his back. He was wearing a hat. He, I saw the back of his shoulders. He was talking to one of our, our coworkers. And for some reason I stopped what I was doing. And I just looked at this guy's back. His, I could only see his shoulders, the back of his neck, his head was down. And I, for some reason I was just looking. I was like, I, I don't really know why I'm looking over here. And he turned around. It was Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God. Like, all the and en- all my energy was pulled to this guy, and mm-hmm. I didn't even know who it was. I mean, it wasn't like other people in the store were reacting. He had his hat on, his sunglasses on, but it was this reality thing that you could just that you can't you can't define. You know, it, it wasn't something he said. It wasn't the way he moved. It wasn't the his smell. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it was any of those things. It was just this quality that he had. Um, but I guess what I'm talking so about is... So how does this is, connect back to Sierra's, yeah, well, I Sierra's guess, question? Yeah, I guess what I'm talking about is not quite as unquantifiable as that. Mm-hmm. I think what I'm talking about is more just like a psychological thing, where it's like when you're with somebody, there are subtle ways that you can assert yourself, and not in a mean way, um, but assert yourself in a way that kind of... This is not quite accurate, but but gives you the credibility in that circumstance situation moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can can you give any specific examples? Um I I can't unfortunately because I think it's a subjective thing um, yeah, from my own life. I mean, it's tough to it's tough to 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 put into words, but you know, um we've all been with people who just who just you know, they're the person that drives the that drives this conversation. Yeah. They, they pick where we go to lunch. They pick this, they pick that. They, they're always cracking the jokes. And for some reason we all just kind of fall in line behind that person. They're the leader. And then when I'm with another person, I might be the leader. You know right. what I mean? So I think that's, that's a, a quality that actors should is, 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 is non as intangible as it is. It's something we can, we can all kind of develop in ourselves. I'd like to think. Yeah. And, and bust it out when you're in an agent meeting or a, a casting session. Well, or something. I, this, this has to do with, you know, what you were just talking about and also, you know, kind of answering Sierra's question in a sort of logistical way. Two things. Number one, just telling the truth. Hmm. The, the good thing about telling the truth is that it's attached to, whatever it is that you are actually working on. So what I mean by that is, you know, if somebody says, you know, what are you up to? 
you can say, oh, I just did this, this, and this. And mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, you're a working actor all yeah. of a sudden. And then yeah. it's, you're not being egotistical. I just did this show. It's winning an award, by the way. You yeah. know, or I did this short film that just won this award and this thing. Or, you know, I just uh, went out for, you know, I told people last night, I was like, well, I'm having a busy pilot season. I went out for four pilots. All of them are series leads. And I went to producers on one. That's not, I'm not being egotistical. That happened. <laughs> You know, it's fact, man. It's and, for fact. The, and for the most part, when you're talking to people in the, in the industry, they're interested in that kind of stuff anyway. That's what they do with their lives, yeah. whether or not they're an actor. So that's one is, you know, just being truthful and that therefore that is connected to, you know, something that you, that you've actually done. And then the other thing is asking a lot of questions. And I say that because it's a, it's, it's a sales te- technique where you just, you sort of find out from the other person what it is that they need in a very subtle way. You know, maybe it's talking about them, you know, so what's, what's going on with you? Mm-hmm. Or if it's an agent or somebody that you're trying to attract, it's like, you know, um, asking them questions about their, their business, their agency. How many clients do you have? Just basically finding out from them what it is they, they need. That way, when you start talking about yourself, you're not being egotistical. You say, well, here's where I can fit into those, those gaps, or here's how I can fulfill that need that yeah. you spoke about before. Yeah. So I've told people to apply this kind of stuff when they go into like meetings with agents and managers, just ask a ton of questions. And then just instead of trying to sell your quote unquote, sell yourself, you, you are the product. They know that, you know that, you know why you're there. So ask a bunch of questions, find out what it is they need and say, Oh, okay, well here's how I can fulfill those, those needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So hopefully that gives people a little bit more, uh, confidence going yeah. into these types of conversations. And it, I, th- I think it's important too, also to note that it's not manipulative. That's not a manipulative thing you're doing when you're doing that. It's just building strong relationships. Right. That's what it is. Right. And it's truthful. It's, it's just, all, it's just, as long as it's based on truth, there's, yeah, there's, it's just, it's just, it's truth with a purpose. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And cool. there's nothing you, you can't be ashamed of that kind of thing. Yeah. I think is the, is the more important thing. So hopefully we got to the, hopefully we, that was interesting. Thanks, Sierra, for writing in. That was yeah, really that was cool. awesome. On the fly, too. We just we just yeah. got it right as we were recording. We've also got a voicemail that we want to get to. This comes to us from a listener named Marcel, and he asks a very interesting question about um, vocal stuff. Vocal anyway, prep, I guess. Vocal yeah. prep, yeah. There you go. Oh, good afternoon. Um, this is Marcel Lee. Um, I'm calling from Detroit, Michigan. Um, I think y'all are doing a great job. So he's just phenomenal. So thanks, um, dude. Awesome, awesome. Keep it up. Anyway, what I was calling for is because um, right now I'm in an acting class where I'm learning about um, talking properly and just uh, vocal vocal training and um, articulation exercises. And so I just wanted to know what are some of the exercises that you might be doing, might do um, before you get on the air. Are there there some things that you um, say, Mm -hmm. some exercises, or there's some teas you drink or something that helps you um get ready to do the show right on well well thanks for calling in marcel um we <laughs> may not be i mean we i mean let's just say we don't do any vocal prep work for the podcast <laughs> at least we're, i don't <laughs> we're very bad when we got this voicemail at first we both kind of chuckled to ourselves we we're like oh man we have to call ourselves bad actors so on the on the podcast we just say like we're we're bad we we don't do it we should yeah. but we don't but on but yeah, on that note, I'm I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and say that I think that since we do put such an emphasis on vocal work in the work that you and I do on stage, and you know, I I've taken those habits and applied them to my auditions, to my my TV and film work. I think that that a lot of that kind of sticks with you. So when you do kind of get in front of a microphone, there's a, a subconscious party that just kind of clicks on and you just kind of pay a little bit more attention to the way you're speaking. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just some, it's just a it's muscle memory thing. Yeah, it's, a, it's muscle memory. Muscle memory. It's, it's, Thank you. you know, exactly. it's just like it's just like anything else. And I, I, that's what I was going to say is that I, having done many many shows with Trevor now over the last six seven years, like I I know that he and I both 
Um, take our time before every show and warm up vocally. Mm-hmm. Uh, vocally, physically, if it's a physically exertive, is that a word? Exertive. No. I know show. what you meant, though. It's all that matters. We're, I'm coining it right now. Physically exertive show. There it is. <laughs> Look it up. It's in the dictionary of AJ. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> somebody's gonna write in with a, a dictionary dictionary of age if it's a physically exertive show <laughs> we warm up physically and pretty much every time we're, we're warming up vocally and we've got all kinds of warm-ups that we do i i've collected many 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 warm-ups over the years um when i was at ucla not only was i taking uh vocal classes for things like diction, articulation, and um, you know, use of breath, use of your diaphragm, um, mm-hmm. using your body to tell the to tell the story in that way. I also went to UCLA for musical theater, so I was also taking private voice lessons for four years. And between those two things, like it just kind of you build up a certain number of uh, warm-ups and exercises that you do it's, a re- it's like a routine you develop and yeah and you develop exactly you develop a like routine an exercise before you, routine before you go yeah. you go on stage which is not something that i've really done for the podcast at all so this mm-hmm. it was kind of like you know marcel caught us yeah know? yeah totally caught us being bad yeah um so without i mean obviously the two of us can't sit here and do all of the you know go through our routine and do all of the warm-ups so without yeah. without going that far what kind of things would you uh, say are, are part of your instrument as vocally, your instrument? Sure. Uh, well, I, I kind of see it in, in three different – I see it in three or four different categories. Number one is is the food you eat, the diet that you have. If you eat a lot of cheese and dairy products, you're going to have trouble with your with, – with phlegm, to be honest. Um, so I try to stay away from that. And actually – there are some interesting things that you can look up online. Things like pineapple juice and licorice root are really good for your vocal cords. Things you would not think. Things like coffees are not very good for your uh, vocal cords. And then there's um, like pitch work that you can do. Um, there's diaphragm work you'll want to do. And there's articulator work you'll want to do. And I think if you just kind of look at those four things and just pay attention to each one of those... Um, You'll be all right. It, it, you know, it's tough to really go much more into it than that on a right. audio podcast. But yeah, my big thing that I sort of picked up from vocal lessons. Yeah, I mean, that's good to break it down into sort of like the breathing, the articulating, um, you know, warming up your mask, um, making sure that all of your resonators are warmed up from mm-hmm. your from your chest to your top of your head. Yeah, making sure that you work your warm up your your lips, your tongue, your teeth, mm-hmm. all that stuff to get ready to. To, to go on stage, but the the main thing that I think that most actors, especially stage actors, but you know we apply this stuff on on film and television auditions as well, is a, a focusing as much as possible on the breath, yeah, and making sure that you're breathing. I think a mistake that a lot of actors make on stage in front of a camera, whatever, is they just for, they literally forget to breathe. Yeah, they just forget to breathe, or their breathing becomes very shallow, and that can be read. Mm-hmm. That's how you can see how somebody's tense on camera. See, camera, you know, is right there in your face. Yeah, it's it's HD now. <laughs> you know, it's it's <laughs> right. it's showing everything. You can't really yeah. escape that. So, a lot of controlled breath shows that you're confident, you're comfortable, you're relaxed as an actor and then the stakes can take over yeah. and do whatever they're going to do to your character. Yeah. You know, that's funny. That's, that's probably part of that X factor. Somebody who holds themselves in a way and is conscious of their breath is probably a big, one of those big kind of subconscious indicators that you are in control of yourself in the situation. Well, that's the whole, you know, that's you the whole yoga principle, yeah. right? Yeah. Everything. When you do yoga, that's, it's all about the breath, control of the breath. Full circle. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Cool. So hopefully that, that helps Marcel. We want to kind of piggyback off this voicemail and talk a little bit about uh, one of our sponsors, Samovar T, before we jump into the interview. Because yeah, I was going to say one of the things that we do, yeah. at, almost every podcast, I, th- I think we've done it, you know, pretty much every podcast is uh, drink Samovar. Like we have yeah. it, you know, brewing before we start recording and then it's, you know, uh, we're drinking it while we record. So mm-hmm. it keeps our, our vocal cords, um, you know, clean and warm and like ready to go. It's, yeah, it's kind of awesome. So what are we drinking right now? We're drinking something with a crazy name. <laughs> it, what is the name again? Monkey Picked Iron Goddess of Mercy. It's actually one of my favorite teas from Samovar. It's a it's an oolong tea 
that they've that they've sent us, and it's actually in their new packaging, which they're really excited about, which is um, this sort of cardboard box that's um, highly recyclable, so it's very green. And when you open it up, <clears throat> it doesn't just contain the tea itself, but the inside actually has brewing instructions and a little bit about the packaging as well as the tea itself. Mm-hmm. It's very, very cool. So it's all sort of... It's even got a little like philosophy on, in there, like a little the, the tea philosophy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, just the first sentence on that one flap says tea is highly personal. And it kind of goes on a little bit about how to customize it to your own liking. Yeah. And, and they, they always include a, one of their stickers in here as well. Yeah. And so this is, this is an oolong tea. And yeah, the brewing instructions are right in here. And, and the reason that we're spending time talking about this in the podcast is, is A, because um, Samovar has been wonderful about supporting the podcast, but B, I think we all, you know, you and I, AJ, and definitely Nelson, our producer, really all believe in what I think you co- kind of coined the tea, the tea lifestyle. Yeah. Well, um, I didn't coin it, but I, well, wait, I, I talk about it. Yeah. A lot. That's how you kind of referred to it. And I think there is kind of this, this interesting quality that comes along with drinking tea. You suddenly become calmer and a little bit more introspective and a little bit more tolerant of things that might otherwise kind of piss you off. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's really nice. And I, I find that it, it actually has totally helped my creativity and the, you know, the inner artist and all that stuff. It totally is like, food. <laughs> this is sounding so horrible. It's like, it's like food for the inner artist, you know? Yeah, no, it's, and why it's, is that horrible? It's a that's spiritual a, experience. It's amazing. I don't know why you think that sounds horrible. It's amazing. Horrible it's, in a, by horrible, I mean cheesy, but you Oh, know. I got you. Yeah. I got you. It doesn't, it doesn't sound cheesy. I think it's a great alternative to coffee too, you know, instead yeah, of, I don't, instead of yeah. loading up on caffeine, you know, obviously there is caffeine in tea, but it's, it's not going to make you like jittery and stuff before an audition. Um, yeah. Did I tell that story of Jason LaPadura at Actor Fest? I think I told that story where he was talking about how he hates having auditions for roles for roles of twenty somethings early in the morning because he knows the They're first two hours are going to yeah because the yeah. first two hours going to be useless because everybody's amped up on coffee yeah. Um, and he always tells his directors, do not have auditions for a 20 something role, you know, at this time in the morning. <laughs> That's so funny. So he, he, he told everybody in this panel, like, don't go to, don't go to an audition at, after drinking like a cup of coffee and a giant thing of yeah. Starbucks coffee or whatever. So, you know, the tea is perfect for that. I love, you know, if I have an audition 10 o'clock in the morning, I love getting up a couple hours early, brewing some tea while I kind of get ready iron my shirt, staple my resume to my headshot and, you know, just kind of relax before going yeah. into that audition. Yeah. The tea really helps with that and also kind of gets you ready for the day as well. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you guys want to learn more about uh, Samovar, you can check out their website at samovarlife.com and uh, check out their teas. Um, you can say hi. You can send them an email and say hi to Jesse, the CEO. We're good friends with him and just let him know that Inside Acting sent you. I'm sure he'd be kind of uh, amused to hear that. <laughs> so uh, let's jump into this interview with Miata Edoga. She is the founder of Abundance Bound, a financial education course for artists, as well as an actor, producer, uh, wife, and mom. She, she balances a lot, uh, and a writer too. She balances a lot of uh, different plates there. Um, so we're very excited to be having her on the podcast. And uh, without further ado, let's just roll into it. Okay, guys, welcome back. This is Trev, and I am very, very excited to be sitting here with Miata Edoga, who is a, an actress, uh, a, I believe a producer as well, a writer, and she um, founded and runs Abundance Bound, which is a financial education um, course for actors, and I've taken it. And, and um, I can't say enough about it, and uh, I'm very excited to be asking Miata about a lot of kind of the nuts and bolts things about an actor's life. So, Miata, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Trevor. Cool. My pleasure. So, you know, I mean, you, you know kind of what we do on the podcast. It's We just kind of want to get the, the best information out there to actors as possible. Great. And a lot of the things that have helped me kind of 
stay kind of going, um, you know, these past couple of years, I learned in the course that we, that I took with you guys. Oh, that makes me happy. Um, so I, 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 and I want to get to that, but I want to start at the very beginning because you're in LA and you're not from LA originally, you're from nope. New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So what, what was the, what, what happened to bring you out here to bring you into this industry? Um, you know, gosh, I, I grew up in New Jersey and for me, Trevor, I started really with musical theater. So I started singing and dancing and doing as many musicals as I could and then I went to college. I went to Williams College in Williamstown, Massachusetts. And I got there and they didn't do musicals. Like, I was like shocked. It was like, what, what do you mean? You don't do musicals. It was, it was all very sort Oops. of classical theater, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and, and at first I was really upset about that. I was like, what am I going to do here? I didn't know Shakespeare or anything like that. But I actually then really fell in love with theater um, with the classics. I, uh, trained at a conservatory in London and, and just, it shifted a little bit for me to just a love of the theater overall. Um, and so I kind of thought that I would do the regional theater route or New York or, or something like that. And it was just a really random occurrence that my, um, last year in college, I was in a play and a director, saw me in the play and gave me a small part in a film that he was shooting out here. And I came out here and I did the movie. I met my husband and wow. I've been here so ever you, since. you just kind of followed the breadcrumbs a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's great. Now, how, so how long have you been in LA now? Oh gosh. Uh, 95. So. Oh wow. Okay. A long so, time. so you've had a, a good chunk of time here to kind of get settled in, figure yeah. out which, what, what works, what doesn't what work. Works, like what works, what doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. I think I, I've learned a lot about what doesn't work. <laughs> cool. Cool. Well, one of the reasons I'm really excited to be talking to you is because, um, not only have you kind of figured out, a you've kind of assembled a, a, an approach for actors to kind of achieve longevity in their career uh, from a financial standpoint, but you've also, you create a lot of your own work. I think yeah. you have a production company. Yeah. Well, my husband and I have a production company together and I would say, you know, I would call it really a, it's a, it's a young production company, um, but we're definitely starting to do more things. So, you know, as I mentioned to you, um, we just co were, were involved in the production of a video game and, um, and are working on some, um, small films. I'm actually working on a one woman show. So, so yeah, it's a, it's a fledgling production company, but it, it is, it is doing some stuff that's pretty neat. That's great. That's great. So can you talk a little bit about, like you got to LA after you were in this, this film, um, Mm -hmm. and then you've been here for, for a nice chunk of time. So how have, how has, how is your perspective on the industry and what it's like to kind of have this lifestyle as an artist, which can be so up and down, so uncertain, so last minute, so much of the time? Yeah. How has that evolved since you've been here? You know, um, I, I definitely, I feel like I've always been someone who um, has tried to have a plan, if that makes sense. And so I, I really came out here... Um, once I knew that I was coming out here, I really tried to create a, a game plan for myself with a lot of goals and milestones and, and um, work that I was going to do. Um, and, uh, you know, I in, in the beginning, I think I took what I would describe as sort of the traditional route. So I just hustled as much as I could. I did, you know, a million mailings. I mean, I I followed up. I did phone calls. I went to open calls. I submitted myself to anything and everything that I could on backstage. I, you know, all of those kinds of things. Um, And in the meantime, I just worked as many jobs as I could work to sort of, you know, pay the bills. Um, And I think... The shift for me, Trevor, if I could sort of describe it best, went from in the early years of my career, yes, I was hustling, but it was all about hustling to get someone else to give me a chance to act, Mm -hmm. right? And I think the shift for me, which came from just a lot of hard knocks, which we can talk about, um, and and just a lot of feeling like I was banging my head against the wall. Yes, with sort of bits 
of success, little bits and, you know, little parts here and there, but, but not feeling like this was like I was seeing clear movement forward. I think the biggest transition for me came to a shift to still hustling, but hustling to create my own opportunities. Mm. Um, so, so I think does that shift? Yeah, make sense? I think that I think that happens to most actors is that there's a point where we all come out here and we all think. Yeah, like I'm going to work my butt off and I'm going to get cast in a TV show and I'll build a bunch of co-star roles. It'll be guest star roles and right. feature films and right. series regular. And then there, that's how it goes. That's how the system goes. You do enough workshops, you get your headshot and postcards out there and blah, it has to happen. And so often that either takes forever right. or it doesn't happen in a lot of the cases, no matter how good you are. And that's it's so, so often it can be a gamble. Um, and and it, that's the thing, the gamble part. That's the part that just didn't really sit well with me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, like you, like so many of us out there, I am willing to work so hard and to keep learning and to keep growing as an artist. But I can't then leave it in someone else's hands. It can't, I can't need someone to say yes yeah. For me to do what it is that I really believe I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. So so when you came around to this point then of, of the, or, or rather made that shift, I suppose, from trying to get a yes from somebody else to starting to create yeses for yourself, if, if that makes sense. I'm not yeah. sure if that's entirely clear, but <laughs> creating your own opportunities. Um, I, I'm curious, how, how old were you roughly? Okay. Gosh. Um so it's all connected, right? So I, I got out here when I was 23. Um, and I think that I really, you know, fought the good fight the old way, mm-hmm. <laughs> probably for a good six years, you know? Okay. Um, and and for me, the, the shift in in the way I approached acting coincided with a shift in a way, really, I feel like I approach everything in my life, but certainly with the way I approach, um, uh, earning a living, the way I approach, um, business, entrepreneurship, everything. So I think there was a real shift for me probably at about twenty nine thirty, of saying, um, that the same way with acting that I wasn't going to wait for people to say yes, that I absolutely could not spend the rest of my days working for other people mm-hmm. that I was going to have to, I just, I needed more control over my own life. Was there a specific moment or event that you can trace that shift back to? Yeah, I, I mean, and I may have, I think you may know this story because I, I probably have shared it before. Um, but there, in, in terms of, of what I was doing to make a living, you know, it's always about that juggle of trying to find time and have flexibility to pursue our careers, right? And so I was actually, I had been cast in a show that was down at the Civic Light Opera in uh, South Bay. And so Redondo Beach. And um, you were living up here in I was West- living up here oh, in West Hollywood. And That's yeah, and I was doing a show down there. And so, you know, during the rehearsal period, we were rehearsing every evening from like six o'clock on. So I had to be free to leave West Hollywood by about four. And then when the show opened, we were performing every night um, at eight, an eight o'clock curtain, and then we were doing two shows on Saturdays and Sunday. There was like a it was like a one o'clock matinee. And so I um, took a job waiting tables and I was working the morning shift at a hotel restaurant. And so what I thought was, you know, yes, I had to be there at like 5 a.m., but what I thought was this gave me plenty of time, even on the matinee days, um, because I was supposed to get out at 11, I think. And so, you know, it gave me plenty of time. So anyway, to make a long story short, um, uh, the show had opened and it was a Saturday matinee performance. And I went and I worked my morning shift and, um, my, my, the person who was supposed to then come and take over for the lunch shift didn't show up and the manager wouldn't let, she wouldn't cut me. She wouldn't let me leave. And it, it's, it's, it's sort of a long and detailed story, but, but it, it was a really horrible situation. Yeah. And I was, 
I felt so out of control of my life yeah. and literally was like serving tables and like sobbing because I thought I was <laughs> going to miss this show. I mean, people yeah. must have thought I was like having a nervous breakdown. And she threatened me that if I left, it was stealing because she wouldn't close out my register, like all of this stuff. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, it that was pretty cool. ugly. And all of that stuff was probably not true, but like I was naive and I didn't know. Uh-huh. And anyway, you know, I made it to the theater like about three minutes before curtain. Um, and it, it, I don't remember the performance. I of course never went back to that job again, but I think that was one of the biggest sort of places where I said, my life isn't working. Like Hmm. my life isn't working and this is what I really want. And look at what almost happened here. Like Hmm. look at what almost happened because of a job that I needed to pay my bills. Um, so, so that was a pretty, that was a pretty hard hit in terms of things have to shift. And, you know, from there, I, I went down some other roads still working for other people that, that didn't work either. But that was really when it was clear to me that I had to, had to change things. Mm. So from that point did you kind of just, just kind of jump into kind of educating yourself on personal yeah, finance yeah. and what good money, money habits were. So that was the big, that was the big thing was that the, the being out of control came from the fact that I desperately needed that job. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I couldn't, yeah. I, when she was threatening me and, you know, saying all kinds of stuff, like what I was thinking about was if this is true and then I, you know, can't pay my rent and like, so so I was in such a precarious financial place, and that was what made me so dependent on people who weren't very nice people, you know, and could even, you know, we've all had <laughs> right. jobs with like yeah. really abusive people, yeah. and we stay in those jobs because we, we need them. And so, um, so yeah, I took a look at uh, what was going on with me financially. And at that point I had racked up over the years, I'd racked up a good amount of debt and, um, I was totally living month to month. Um, and, um, and I said, I know that there are people who do better with their money. And I really said, I am a bright enough person that I can learn, um, how to handle my money, you know? And, and so, yeah, it set me off on a course of, of learning how to be a more financially savvy and independent person. And, and that has obviously sort of changed my course forever. Yeah. Well, I I think uh, probably there's, I mean, I'm sure every actor listening to this can, or every artist listening to this can relate to the weight that just comes off your shoulders when you don't have when you're not beholden to uh, a certain schedule or job or place every hour of the day, you know, because if you lose it, you're like, I, I, what I'm trying to say, I guess, is there's that, a desperation that's no longer present yeah. when you have control and consciousness around your money. It's not this big, scary thing that only adults know about, you know, right. and, that, and that you, you can't learn, you know, it's, right. it's, it's interesting just to see that it's, it's something that can be managed and, and reined in and, and like you said, learned. And that's really my mission. I love the way you said that, like that it doesn't have to be this big, scary thing that like only the grownups know about. Yeah. And in many cases, <laughs> right, the grownups don't know about it. But yeah. like my mission really is to make finances friendly, um, mm-hmm. to, to bring, to come at them from a perspective that really jives with the way we think as artists. You know, if I turn on the television and see one more, you know, financial guru talking about 401ks and, you know, I've never had a job, I don't think, that had a 401k, you know, so it's, it's like really understanding money from, um, our reality, the reality of sort of what exists for us as, as, yeah. as the artistic community. And I do think that the way that we manage our money just really connects to the way that we show up in so many areas of our lives. Mm-hmm. And when we are anxious and stressed out and fearful about money, that shows up in our energy, you know, in everything. And, you know, I remember, I I think I've shared this with you as well. Like I can remember 
I would go to auditions. And if I'm honest, I, the whole way to the audition, I wasn't thinking about my character or the work I was going to go in the room and be, do, or like how I was going to show up. I wasn't thinking about any of that. What I would be thinking about in many cases was, geez, you know, if I book this, I will definitely be able to put some money away and I I could pay the visa bill and I'll have rent for next month. And come on, like that, thinking that I don't bring that into the room. I'm just fooling myself. You know, we show up with that desperation. Yeah. And, you know, people smell that from a mile away, whoever they they are, you know. They do. So so you kind of, I mean, there's a ton of resources and books out there. But like you just said, some of them are a little convoluted. They're not really in layman's terms. So I know that you've kind of done the research, you know, spent this, put in the time and you've kind of broken it down into some, some simple, a a system really that you said you developed for yourself that you're not kind of sharing with abundance bound. Can you give us kind of an overview of what that system is? Yeah. Well, what I wanted, you know, as I started learning and I was like out there, every seminar I could take, every book, every free thing, you know, I was signing up for just all kinds of things. Like I was determined to really learn as much as I could. And and I got a lot of great information. I mean, I, I found people who literally have changed my life. But in the mix, you know, there was also just some frustration because, you know, I get frustrated by things that I feel like kind of inspire you, but they don't really tell you what to do. <laughs> so they sort of get you all excited and yeah. like, ooh, I'm going to go out and change things, uh-huh. right? But then they don't really give you sort of step by step. I like step-by-step actions. Mm -hmm. Now, that's sort of my criteria for programs in business and finance is I really want to, to be able to say, okay, here's step one. And then when you're done with step one, here's step two. And if you've already done step one, then great. Go ahead and go to step two. Like, here's an overview and then go ahead. But like, I want to know, like, this is the order and the actions, daily actions that I'm going to take. And so, yeah, over the years, I created a system that I call the artist prosperity system. And it's a nine step system. And, you know, it really, the thing about the artist prosperity system is that, um, I think you keep coming back to all the steps. So it's not that like you do step one and then you're done forever, but it's just that hopefully when you return to the steps, you return to them at a slightly higher level each mm. time, mm-hmm. right? And so it starts with mindset, kind of like what we've been talking about here. So it really the prosperity system starts with how are you thinking about money, right? What are your attitudes about money? And do those attitudes serve you, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it is it is all of the, the kind of positive thinking, maybe I think oversimplifies it, but it's sort of looking at what our belief systems are that we have brought forward really from childhood. And it's starting to understand which of those belief systems are just not helpful. Yeah. And then um, flipping them in a sense and starting to work on what are the belief systems that I want to have um, that will support me in my ongoing actions and growth. So it sort of starts there. It goes to getting financially organized. So I feel like that's a whole process in itself that I try to teach people and make it simple. But we have to know what's going on right now, right, mm-hmm. in terms of where we are. And then we go on to things like creating financial goals, which, of course, are based on where you are right now. And then um, debt plans, because for us as artists, that can be a really big thing. So it's figuring out how do I take this debt on and get rid of it so that we can start building wealth. Um, we look at uh, we look at um, business. So we look at at how you have to run your artistic business financially like a business. And we also look at what are the ways that you can create additional streams of income for yourself that aren't necessarily dependent on other people hiring you mm-hmm. and them setting the hours and them deciding when you can take a break and when you can't. Um, we look at investing, we look at networking and networking on a level that actually impacts your finances. Cause I think we're all used to looking at networking a very particular way. Um, and we look at, 
at persistence, like what it means to sort of decide that you're going to get into a different financial conversation than the one you've been in and what it means to stay there. So that's sort of a a really brief kind of overview. But, you know, I'm sure you know, because you've actually taken the course a couple of times, the Mm -hmm. the boot camp, but... um, it's not like we're ever done, right? It's not like I'm like, oh, I'm financially organized now right. forever and I'm <laughs> right. never going to have to get financially organized again. Like I still, I have to say to myself, oh, Miata, you know, step two, you need to yeah. get back yeah. to step two a little bit, right? But what I love is having those clear sort of actions in place that I can come back to when I need them. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's a lifestyle, I yeah. think. And, and, you know, I, the way I approach these things is, is the same thing. I always want to, I always want to feel like I start here and I end here and then my life is changed. Right. Period. Move on to the next thing. And that's not the way it works. You've got to kind of recycle it over and over and keep building on that experience right. every single time. Um, and, you know, I, I've been doing that since I've taken the course. I've been kind of going back over the steps every few weeks and saying, okay, how's this? Oh, yeah, I, I haven't been so positive about money. I've really got to pay attention to my thinking. And you start again with step one. and right. But I'm, I'm weeks ahead of months, years ahead of where I would have been before. Okay, guys, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Miata. I loved this interview. It was like a lot of the nuts and bolts type stuff that I, you know, I kind of alluded to at the beginning of it. And Miata is a wonderful person, so I, I this is one of my all time favorite interviews. I have to chalk this up there with our with our top with my top five. That's awesome, yeah. man. That's awesome. <clears throat> so I, you- I, yeah, I, I, it's a lot of that stuff. It can be so intimidating. Yeah, and to hear somebody talk about the ideas. Like, I think that's what this interview was for me. It was like, here are a bunch of like awesome ideas. And then if you want to learn how to actually execute them, I guess you'd have take to take them further. Yeah. Take the class yeah. or, or whatever. Yeah. 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 And there's a lot of good stuff in that. And I, um, class, I, I can't <clears throat> recommend it enough. The boot camp. So, um, we should talk about our picks of the week. Yes, sir. I know you got a cool one this week. <laughs> um, so my pick of the week is totally frivolous, but it's, amazing and fun and you should do it it's called 8bit.me it's like foursquare or twitter or all those things kind of rolled into one basically what it does is it allows you to create an 8-bit avatar for yourself and you can dress yourself and like give yourself like the your hair and you know kind of what your face looks like and you know obviously it's just a bunch of like large pixels you can put like glasses on yourself and um <clears throat> and when it's uh and when you're done you have like the, your little like 8 bit avatar it if you want you can change your twitter avatar so those of you who follow uh, me on twitter you've noticed lately that my twitter avatar is my little 8 bit character so if you go to twitter.com/digitalactor you'll see my little my little twit my little 8 bit guy yeah and then um you can check in and when you check in you get like coins like in mario brothers <laughs> And it's like, I don't know what those coins are going to be used for. Maybe there's going to be prizes later. I have just no idea. It's just fun. It's just so ridiculous. So go on to 8bit.me. Um, you log in using your Twitter account, and it, and it, and it creates an account for you. And then uh, just follow me. or you know, check you. know In fact, without even creating an account for yourself, you can go to 8bit.me slash digitalactor or 8bit.me slash Nelmer, if you want to see our producer's avatar. And then Trevor was like in the middle of creating his right yeah, now. I don't so think he, I have a URL yet, but... Uh, well, it's going to be 8, 8bit.me slash Trevor Algat. Oh, it's your Twitter handle? Because it's your the, Twitter handle, gotcha. yeah. Yeah, cool. So, so uh, <laughs> check that out. It's, it's I don't know, it's silly. It's fun, man. It's so cool to see some of these, these games that are coming out that are like location-based. You actually play games now based on real life. <laughs> I mean, you, like like based on where you are and what time of day it is and who you're with and yeah. how many times you've been to that place. Yeah. And I, I think it's so cool how it's like our lives are becoming a game with these cell phones there's, that have internet access there's everywhere. There's some people who are terrified <laughs> of that. They're like, they're like listening scary, to yeah. this going like, he's crazy. Yeah. I don't want my life to be a game. It's just frivolous. I don't know. <laughs> I grew fun. I grew up in the video game culture, and I'm I'm a huge I'm a I'm a very avid gamer. Something I don't yeah. talk about too much on the podcast, but well, I've mentioned it, but 
we don't sit here and talk about video games. Right, right. So this is as close as I'm going to get, my pick of the week. Cool, cool. <laughs> What's yours, man? Uh, my pick of the week is a book that I read. I, I read about these guys uh, in a magazine article, and then I researched their movie and found a book by them. Their names are Noah and Logan Miller. They're twin brothers. Um, they basically made a promise to their father who uh, had some trouble in his life. He was an alcoholic and he died in jail and they made a promise to him before he died that they would make a movie about their experiences together, the three of them, and that Ed Harris would play him. And they, these guys had no connections, no money. They didn't know how to write, act, direct. They had nothing. They started from scratch, right? Like abs- as scratch as you can get. And they built their way up just by asking people and being persistent and reading books and failing forward. They worked all the way up over the course of a year to make this feature film. They got, I think, a couple million dollars in financing. They got Ed Harris to play the lead role. Um, the film is now available. It's called Touching Home. It's now available on Netflix and Anyway, all of that is the backstory for the pick of the week, which is a book they wrote about this process. Okay. It's called Either You're In or You're In the Way. And it's just it's just a step-by-step kind of account of their experience. It's not a how-to guide. It's just like a chronicling of wow. all the stuff they went through. And it's amazing how persistent they were and how they were able to to just kind of get these things by being honest with people and being persistent. And there's at the very beginning of the book, like the second or third page, there's like a, a list of seven things that they've learned through making this movie and like, you know, little one sentence nuggets. And a couple of them are just gems, like never wait for the phone to ring. It's a fast read. It's entertaining as hell. They're really witty writers. And, uh, it just makes you want to go out there and, and kick some ass. That's and awesome. It's, it's a lot of fun. And I, uh, so I read the book and I'm going to, the, the movie is in next in my Netflix queue. So it's, it's en route to me now. And hopefully by the next episode, I will have watched that. And, uh, just between uh, me and you and our listeners, I'm going to try to get these guys in the podcast. All right. <laughs> Keep funny, on rolling, baby. Funny Ed Harris connection. Yeah. Ed Harris and a group of his friends built by hand yeah. the stage and risers inside of the Powerhouse Theater, yeah. which is currently run by the Los Angeles Theater Ensemble, the theater company that Trevor and I founded. It's kind of cool. In fact, one of our friends, Michelle, she's a stage manager for a few shows that we've been in. She was doing a show over at the Geffen with Ed Harris in it. Oh, the one man show that he yeah, did about yeah. 6 months ago yeah. and and I said I said Michelle, you got to ask him. Yeah. You got to tell him that we're working at the Powerhouse yeah. cuz he built this stage. Yeah. And she went and asked him and she said he laughed and said, "Oh no, I, I didn't build it, but I I I designed it. I did the blueprint for it." That's still just, just as cool. good. Yeah, are you kidding me? That's <laughs> you know? amazing. It's awesome that's that, a great you know, story. at some point Ed Harris was on our stage doing work. Cool. So, well, yeah. uh, I can't wait to borrow the book, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I think that does it for episode 46. Yeah? That's right. Yes. Wow. A lot of uh, a lot of information on this one. If you guys want to support the podcast, there's a bazillion ways to do it. Um, you know how to get in touch with us. You can call us at 213-222-8677 or 213-2-ACTORS. Uh, you can email us at insideactingpodcast at gmail.com. You can send us a Twitter message at twitter.com slash insideacting. Or you can tweet us individually. Twitter.com slash digital actor. Or Twitter.com slash Trevor Algot. Um, you can like us on Facebook or just in real life. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> leave one, us a one rev- may be easier than the other. Leave us a, a, a glowing five-star review on iTunes or right. at over at actorrated.com. And uh, last but not least, you can donate to the podcast. That's right. This podcast is completely um, listener supported, supported yeah. at this point um you know we have uh, our first sponsor in samovar and um you know obviously we're working to get more so that we can just build a better podcast but you know up to this point has been completely listener supported so we would literally would not be here would not have this equipment would not still be able to do this without your help and you know going to that tweet up last night was really affirming and it felt so good to hear that we're actually you know making an impact and that people are getting something from what we do here it it just like it was so motivating and we cannot thank you enough and and if you so if you can't meet us in person and tell us it in person you can you can tell us by you know kicking us a few bucks on our website so just go to insideactingpodcast.com click on the donate button on the right hand side you can either do it in one lump sum or you can um subscribe subscribe 
three, five, ten, or twenty dollars a month, and yeah. it will be de- deducted automatically out of your your bank account. Yeah, I have a number in my head for how many sus- subscribers I would like to have by June, and I want to see if we can hit it. So if you guys have, head on over to the uh, the website and click on the subscribe button, you'll see a, different, a couple different options. You can do $3 a month, $5 a month, $10 a month, $20 a month. And I just want to see, you know, do, do the $3 one if you want. I just want to see if we can hit this number. So um, head on over, you know, 3 bucks a month. Surely the podcast is worth that to you. Um, head on over, do that, and, and uh, I'll tell you if we hit the number. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. It's kind of, I feel like we're like NPR right now. It's like our... our our fundraiser know, drive know, time of the year, know, but I we know. do this at every episode, so it's always yeah. <laughs> it's always fundraiser. <laughs> Except drive. we don't we don't cancel all the other content in lieu of raising the funds. We still bring the content to you regardless of whether or not you donate. See, I, I hope no one from NPR is listening. <laughs> we're such good guys. <laughs> all right, for Inside Acting, episode forty six. I'm Trevor Algott. I'm AJ Meyer. We'll see you next week, and in the meantime, don't wait for the phone to ring. <laughs>